0: and welcome, welcome everybody. This is actually my seventy fourth episode that I'm doing, and today I am pleased to be joined by three time Grey Cup champion, um, graduate of the University of Oregon, Go Ducks, and founder of TSN's The Edge, which is a fantasy betting and uh, not betting, but like fantasy for betting and fantasy football platform. Davis Sanchez, Davis, welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: Griff, thanks, thanks for having me. And yeah, I wish it was, I wish it was a a betting a betting site, because uh, as you see, those guys are are raking in millions and millions of dollars. We are just a betting uh, information hub, so we're giving all the information at, at TSN Edge for people to uh, go and then try to try to get the edge. And, and uh, as we know, it's a it's a difficult sports betting is a difficult thing. So we're just passing on information, and we're growing by the day but uh having a, a heck of a time doing it
0: yeah no my bad my bad about that yeah so it's basically it's like a bow dog almost where people can go to you and just kind of like get your inputs because i listen to tsn 1050 which is the local station here in toronto daily um and i always see the tsn best bets, whether it's like brian hayes or another host giving those odds out so i feel like with tsn the edge you guys kind of say like hey here's who to watch for with like football for example watch for, for fantasy football this week or even to what uh spread covers you like
1: right and and tsn tsn edge uh we have a radio a weekly radio show hosted by our man aaron Karolnik, uh 10 o'clock on 10 a.m on thursdays and he goes through all all the betting news and and information gives a lot of good insight there another another part of the tsn edge platform
0: yeah exactly kind of just like even another element to it where it's like Hey, you can actually listen to the radio show to get the full betting to see like, hey, what does Aaron like to bet? Because then that will help influence people's bets. So it's like, like for example, I brought up earlier how TSN usually just does the quick radio hit of best bets, and then sometimes people can take that because it's like, hey, I like this team to cover, I like this over, and I think this team wins money line. For example,
1: no doubt, no doubt,
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, quickly, just wanted to get into your career because obviously, like I said, uh your three-time Grey Cup champion, once with the Montreal Alouettes, the Edmonton Eskimos, or which actually Edmonton football team, my my, my apologies, and the BC Lions. But when I looked at your uh, page and I saw that you were, your Grey Cup championship with Montreal, that came in probably for people from my audience because a lot of my listeners are American, don't know, but that was one of the craziest finishes in Grey Cup history. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it, uh, it surely was. It's... Uh... We were down. I believe we were down twelve, or I think we were down. We were down three scores with ten minutes left in the game, and uh, ultimately, for those who did not see it, had had a made a comeback in the fourth quarter, had a chance to kick the game-winning field goal after a, a last-minute drive down to kick the game-winning field goal uh, to win it, and we missed the field goal, and this is. This is when the madness ensues. There was flags. There were flags all over the field, and the riders end up having thirteen men on the field. Uh, Too many men penalty, which uh, they were celebrating, running around, cheering, and rightfully so. But uh, gave us another life. uh, Added added ten yards, moved it forward, and Damon Duval from the University of, uh, formerly from the University of Auburn, knocked it through the middle and. and we won the Great Cup. So, uh, yeah, so definitely a, a different range of emotions when you feel like you lost the game, watching that ball sail wide and then see the flags on the field um, to find out you had another shot at it and, and win a great Cup. And, and Griff was really crazy uh, about that in, in a, a deeper dive is that, that that team, including myself, many of the guys on that squad had lost um, – several great cups I had lost three I was 0-3 in great cups entering that game and a lot of my teammates were the same in Montreal I had been snake bitten uh, been really good team but couldn't close it out so we looked like another another great cup we couldn't close out um, until that flag and uh, so yeah pretty pretty crazy game and pretty special
0: I also just remember that game because I remember as soon as the penalty was called the uh, camera cuts of the special teams coach in the box I believe in McMahon Stadium in Calgary that one was in where he just like throws his hat down he just realizes like man, I can't believe I just did that and everything. Like, they gave Montreal second hope because as soon as you said, the whole snake bin thing, I just remembered instantly that the year prior, Montreal had actually lost to, I believe it was Calgary, in Montreal in 2008.
1: Yeah, you're right. That was uh, a home game, you know, 50-something thousand people in Montreal. We played against – I was against Calgary and Henry Burris, and we thought we had – you know, playing a home game in the Grey Cup with that crowd, we thought we had that one. And and again – uh, we came up came up short, but uh yeah, a lot of a lot went into it, Griff, but you, you're right. That yeah. was the uh that was one of the craziest craziest games. You see it on on ESPN Classic all the time. Uh, one of the craziest breakups cups ever.
0: Yeah, and then any time like T and and also to with T S N anytime they run the like usually top ten Grey Cup moments, that one's usually in that list somewhere. It should be, yep. Yeah. Um the other thing I wanted to ask you about quickly was just the transition from uh, like your playing days to your broadcasting days and like how that came to be, if you could give the uh, just listening audience some light into that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, some think it's it's a natural transition, which it is a natural transition and something that players want to do because it's, I mean, it's great to stay involved in the game, to be able to talk about the game. And that's one of the things that, that you know, 90... Ninety-nine percent of guys miss is just the ability to to talk about the game and and uh, and and the pressure and, and the adrenaline you get uh, being on on live television and, and talking about the game. And so you know, for for me, it was uh, it wasn't an instant thing. I didn't I didn't necessarily want to go into media. It wasn't something that I had I had thought about. I retired. I went into business. Uh, I tried a couple of different businesses that I that I had opened, and uh, and then maybe four. Four or five years after I retired, I started to uh, um, get involved in a little bit of the podcasting. As you know, uh, as a as a podcaster, kind of a, we now are. It gives the a platform for anybody who wants to get involved in media to uh, to kind of do their own thing. And I got involved a little bit with that, and it kind of grew. And then uh, I TSM reached out. So yeah, super super fortunate to be able to do you know, do this. I love talking about football i love the adrenaline that i get uh without getting hit in the back i get the adrenaline I, that i got as a player and, and hopefully uh, i don't take myself too seriously hopefully uh you know i come across as a guy who wants to have some fun and and you know give a little bit of insight uh you know i can uh, be self-deprecating and and uh, and, uh, and also uh you know hopefully tell it like it is that's uh you know kind of what uh i hope to bring and then try to figure it out every week and every year trying to figure out get a little bit better and and, uh you know just try to try to entertain it is at the end of the day it's football it's it's sports it's it's entertainment and uh you know sometimes people take it a little bit too seriously or take themselves too seriously and I think uh you know the CFL on TSN panel and and even some of our NFL coverage we have a lot of fun a lot of fun with what we do and try to just you know uh I'll bring that through through the camera and, t- and to the audience.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I loved it how you said too. Like just the podcasting gives anyone a platform because um I remember just the call you and I had before we recorded. You asked me kind of like how I started this, and I just started because like hey, you want to bring like the excitement, you want to bring the action, but also to you just want to. I just wanted to give myself a platform to be able to talk to whether it's my friends, someone like you. Uh, to come on here and just talk football and have like friendly banters like you kind of see people doing like interacting on Twitter or even to the analogy that I hear so often you're basically the voice for like the hundred drunk guys that are in a bar having a discussion yeah. on sports for yes. example
1: yeah and and that's what's so great about it too Griff it, it's it's subjective uh, you know in in tv or trying to trying to get a job in in tv or in, in radio it's really so difficult to um, to find employment, there's so few jobs, especially in Canada. But now, with with, with social media and with you know, with uh, you know, with YouTubing and, and podcasting, anybody can anybody can have a show and have a segment. And it's it's subjective. You have you know, a hundred buddies, or you know, fifty people that love listening to you and, and love interacting with you. You get a chance to do it and and just interact with those people, and that sometimes turns to thousands, or or shoot, maybe it just stays with the fifty and a hundred and you have fun every week shooting the shooting the ish with your buddies. And that's a, I think that's a, that's really a great thing. And you know, social seems to be often looked, looked down on because of all the negativity you get with it. But you know, it's I would, I would rather have to hear from a couple of jackasses who uh, are negative and, and, and have, and talk crap to you and have the ability to share uh, some fun stuff and some good interaction with others. Uh, I'll trade. I will enjoy that trade off and I'll take that trade off any day of the week. So it's a, it's become a pretty cool thing. And uh, like I was listening to Charles Barkley and those guys in the TNT panel, they were trying to convince Chuck who doesn't have social media, Charles Barkley to to have social. And Ernie Johnson said a great thing. He, he said, you don't have to reply to every idiot that messages messages you. And, and he didn't want to be on Chuck because of all the negativities. Don't, don't respond to every idiot that messaged you, but it gives you a chance to get your message out. Something you're passionate about or grift, or like we say, even if you just want to have some fun, it gives you that that platform like uh, uh, like you've been doing.
0: Exactly. That, that's why I started this podcast. I didn't start it thinking like, hey, you know what? I'm going to collect 100,000 listeners and like become famous off this. No, I started this because – like, like you said, I just wanted to come on here, whether it, like I said before, whether it be someone like yourself from TSN, Sportsnet, various different platforms I've had, people who've worked for like SB Nation, um, or just have me have some of my buddies on here that I've known for years and just say, hey, let's come on here and talk football because all the time we usually have these like back and forth, just like playful banter arguments on Twitter. Um, but I just want to go back to your point when you were saying, like, look, you can say something bad and then you're going to get all these guys who think they know everything. And who can say, Oh, I can do your job in a heartbeat. But in reality, if you put them behind the camera, they're going to be shaking like a leaf. So it just shows that, Hey, even though certain people can do that, just basically meaning, Hey, you know what? Block out the noise. If you feel like what you're doing is great, that's all that matters. That's how I look at it personally.
1: Uh, you got a, you got a great point. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah. Just, just because like I, like I was saying uh with that, but um. Going back to the betting thing, um, I've seen you just also, too, retweeting certain articles about, like, how legalized bettings become such a big thing, especially with the NFL, how even, to this year, I started doing it more and more, and I started giving ProLine more of my money. Uh, didn't win a lot, but um, the thing with betting, though, that I see, like like you're saying, there's all these people in the States making millions of dollars, hundreds of millions, if you be more specific. Like, Barst- like for example, Barstool has their sports book. FanDuel has their sports book. Um, up in, up here in Canada, the only one I know is Wags, but if I feel like if they can make legalized betting where you can go to a sports book and place a bet and you know what, maybe sit down there and have a drink, eat, eat some food, obviously when that stuff's allowed to, and it's safer because obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Um, I feel like it, you're only going to help expand the game further just because, and even my girlfriends admitted to this, that, Hey, when you bet on a game, you pay more attention, not to just like who your team is, but also What's going on here? Here and here. That's why I love watching seven hours of commercial free football every Sunday.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? I call it. Uh, me and my buddies, we call it spicing it up. Yeah, it's similar to what your girlfriend is saying. It it just adds a little bit of intrigue to the game. And I actually find myself now uh, only really wanting to watch other than football. I, I don't really watch other sports unless I unless I bet on it. And I find it difficult to watch. a a regular season Wednesday night NBA game or a hockey game, unless I have action on it, I don't watch it. And, uh, it's, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. And I don't think, I don't think you have to go crazy. I think there's gotta be, there has to be some discipline in what you do and your bankroll and what's, um, uh, what's comfortable for you. And, and, uh, you know, it's very difficult to win in sports betting, in the long haul and so people have to understand that you know you got to be willing the money that you're putting up sports betting uh, uh you got to be willing to lose and, and understand that hey this is just like entertainment just like you spend to go watch a movie and if you happen to uh come out on the right side then, then wonderful but it's you know the future of sports betting and 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 how it connects with sports broadcasts uh, i believe is gonna have, have a lot to do with live live betting and that's uh, you know I saw a stat that, that said that one right as of right now um, there's more bets there's more bets that are placed live in game than there are um, games you know bets before the game which you know a few years ago there was no such thing as live betting and they they believe uh, in this in this stat that I I saw in this article I was reading it they believe that in three years from now it's going to be three to one, four to one, um, live bets to pregame bets. So it's all going to be interactive and you're going to watch a game with your tablet, with your phone, and and you're going to make bets in the first quarter in the second quarter in the third period. And as the game goes on, it's going to be an interactive experience, which, I mean, it's just, uh, it's something that just bumps your adrenaline. Uh, it allows you to use, you know, we all think we're a genius. I'm, you know, I'm someone who played the game, and, and now I'm, I'm considered. A, I don't want to say expert, but I'm an analyst that gives insight into sports betting. And hey, look, I don't. Uh, uh, you know, I have plenty of days where I get my butt kicked, and I, have, I I lose. I lose a lot of games, but other times I have some pretty good insight. and I'm able to pick some winners, and that's I think you know there's a lot of uh, you know everybody has an opinion every had everyone has a view of how they see the game and and it uh, gives us all a chance to study and, and and take our shot to make some money and it's like you said reg, the regular from the regular joe on the bar stool to a guy that played 13 years um, of pro football or for our girlfriends or, or wives any of us can can study and and uh, and flip a coin and take a shot at, at winning a few bucks it's it, it's the future of sports betting and it's uh it's here to stay
0: yeah, exactly. And, um, one, I just reiterate, like when I go bet, for example, I always say like with o- like, like OLG, I'll go to like my gas station and I have the app on my phone. I will do 10 bucks say, and I'll pick like three games for the NFL. Like I'm not going to be like, cause you know how you see those people where it's like, Oh, Hey, this person had this like crazy parlay where they bet like a hundred grand. It's just like stuff like that. It's not, not that it's realistic. It's just look, like you said, you have to play, but you got to play smart and you got to play safe. Cause like, it's like what you said, going to the movies, like you have to be willing to, like, you know how much going to the movies is going to cost. Then with sports betting, you got to know how much you're losing if you lose. Like, you can't always think, "Oh yeah, I place this amount down, I'm going to win big," you know? Because if it comes back to, like, comes back and it's amount you didn't feel comfortable losing, you're going to end up regretting it, and it just that's what leads to problematic gambling, and that's obviously what we're trying to avoid. So that's why I just wanted to throw that out there. How, hey, I go to the, I go to my gas station, they scan my ticket, ten bucks, and I feel comfortable if I lose it.
1: It's it's entertainment.
0: Exactly. You, you nailed it right on the head. It's entertainment. It's not something I want to do, like, my livelihood. Like, I've been to sports bars before, like, where I see someone holding their ticket, but then one simple play can be, like, them getting the difference between, like, happiness and aggressive. And at that point, this was, like, years ago, and I was just like, do I really want to sports bet? But now I'm on that other side where I'm like, you know what? Betting makes watching the game more fun because you can take a game you don't even care about and just add that spice to it, like you said.
1: That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, um, just wanted to wrap uh, wrap this up. Obviously, don't I can't take up too much Davis uh, Davis Sanchez's time because he's a very busy man. But anyway, before we go, Davis, if people want to find you on social media or where to find you on TV, obviously we said TSN. But just to give a little bit more about yourself for your social media presence, where can uh, people find you?
1: Yeah, really, my name. Davis Sanchez, you could you could find uh you know punch in that search my my handle on on a lot of, a lot of things is Ches uh, Chez TSN Edge and and then go to you know when you go to uh, give me a follow and if you love sports betting yeah, give me a follow at Ches TSN Edge or just find David Sanchez and and you know the best thing. Griff is, is just going back and forth with people and hearing what, what, what bets they like. And, and, and that's what I've been enjoyed doing and going back and forth talking. I take advice from, I'll hear a guy tweet me and say, he likes this game and it'll, it'll make me look at it. And then I'll, uh, you know, a couple, couple hours later, I'm, uh, I'm sending him a message, telling him thanks for the great pick. And hopefully I can give out some great picks as well. So that's kind of uh, uh, what we enjoy doing. And then, you know, when you go to TSN, as soon as you log on uh, uh, TSN.ca, you see right on the top, it's, it says TSN Edge. And, uh, you know, that's uh, TSN Edge has all the gambling information, has all the lines. It has uh, insight and analysis for all the games. So it really gives you kind of a one-stop shop for what you need to see what's on the betting menu each and every night. That's TSN Edge. So, yeah, go there, follow us on social media, on Twitter, TSN Edge, and and uh, set the alerts for that because it's, uh, it gives us especially from a Toronto – uh, Vancouver and, and across the across the country gives us a, from a Canadian perspective on all of our teams, especially uh, some some insight to the games that will be on our network, and hopefully we can win a few bucks in uh, in doing so.
0: Exactly, so that's all it's about. At the end of the day, is winning some money. Um, Well, anyway, Davis, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Uh, Have a good day. And for those of you listening, uh, just remember, I'll be back at it this Wednesday for free agency. So until then, guys, I'll see you later. And thank you very much for listening to another episode of YWC Football Talk. You guys thought I was done. You guys thought I was done. Well, so did I. Just swallow my gum there. Yes, I'm that kind of person. Um, But I'm not done. Because the New England Patriots... Um, decided to fuck around and do a bunch of moves. And I'm going to go over every single one of them. Why? Because that is what I do. They have signed the following players to contracts. They have tight end Johnny Smith, wide receivers Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, linebacker Matthew Judon, I may butcher this name, but nose tackle Devon Gotchuk. And cornerback Jalen Mills, all to contracts. And I had to come and break this down. Obviously, like I've hyped before, I do have the free agency special coming this Wednesday to YWC Football Talk, where it's basically going to be a big cast of characters. We're going to be talking hot takes. We're going to be doing free agency, covering what our teams are up to and all that different kind of stuff. And also to all of Matt talk a little bit, obviously, because Drew Brees is hanging them up. But that's not here or there. That's Wednesday. Right now, It's Monday. And I'm here to give my thoughts, starting with the Jonu Smith signing. Um, You know what? I'm okay with it. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, the money, the money. The way I look at it is there's unlocked potential there to be good. He didn't have his chance to shine, really, in uh, Tennessee, where his uh, targets were a bit of an issue. Now he's coming to New England where, you know what? You're going to be tight end one. You're... I'm not saying he's coming in here and he's going to be Gronk, but you know what? Come in here. You're a younger guy. Help groom Keenan Asiasi, even though I do have more faith in Devin Asiasi than Dalton Keen, And then see where that goes. And even two people were like coming after me for the whole Nelson Angler thing because I was kind of liking it. And you know what? I'll, I would take any receiver at this point. Corey Davis, obviously. So basically from that article that I did where I listed Corey Davis. Uh, who else I listed? Juju Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, and Chris Godwin—two of the four are off the board because right before I hit the record button, Corey Davis signed a three-year contract with the New York Jets, which he's going back to the East Coast. I believe I don't know where he went to school, but I know he was a—or I think I know—I know he went to I think Eastern or Western Michigan, but then he's back uh, to it. And yeah, the deal for him is three years, thirty-seven and a half million at twenty-seven guaranteed. Um, right here, right now, I'm going to read this from Chris Sims. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne are two under the radar, really good players. They're both versatile, can play slot or outside, are good route runners, and have big playability. Versatility is huge in the Patriots' office, especially with Cam this year. And you know what? Now the fact that our receiver room is Julian Edelman, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, Gunnar Oshesky, Mark Eastley, Devin Smith, Christian Wilkerson, and Isaiah Zuber. You know what? I'm fine with that if we have Jacoby Myers kind of be that wide receiver too, you know what, that slot receiver. We're going to play, if we play like Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar to the outside, Edelman does Edelman, and then Nikhil Harry, we'll see what happens. I think this makes Nikhil Harry more like a wide receiver three or even a wide receiver four, where he's going to have to work for his catches. So you know what, for all the talk of oh Nelson Aguilar has the drop issue, he got run out of Philly, he went to Vegas, he revitalized his career, and now he cashed in on it. Now the spending too obviously is not. It's very unpatriot like. It's not like the New England Patriots to go out and spend in free agency. But you know what? With they, it, at least we're not being like the New York Jets right now, where the New York Jets took all this time to wake up. Bill is being very serious about who he's signing, and yeah, he knows what he has to fix. Uh, with Godchuk, I know I'm going to get that name wrong, but I like it too. We need a nose present. We have Guy, we have Butler, but we haven't had a true nose tackle since Vince Wilfork. And if he can go up there and you know what, disrupt the line and cause havoc, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. That's all i got to say. Uh, moving on to this other signings. Jalen Mills, I like it because he's a very versatile defensive back, very versatile corner. He had, about uh, comparative numbers, was he had some more plays than Jason McCourty, so I feel like if Jason McCourty does walk, he can come in there and fill that void with a backfield that could potentially be Devin McCordy with Kyle Duggar, with JC Jackson, and now Jalen Mills, I'm fine with it. I am fine with it. And last but not least, we've got Matthew Judon, and you know what? We need a disruptor. We need edge presence. We need someone who can come off the edge and wreak havoc. And that's what Matthew Judon is going to come in and do. These are guys who kind of like, to me, embody the Patriot way in the sense of they're going to come in, they're going to do their jobs, they know what they have to do, and they're going to get it done. Now, obviously, we could talk about, oh, where do I think the Patriots are going to be? Well, i love to see them win, yeah. Could they lose? Yeah. Basically, they're at a position now where it's it's up to you. The ball is in your hands. Bill has set them up for success. It's now, you have to go do it. It's kind of like when you see plays in timeouts where it's like, hey, we're going to run this, 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 and this, but it's up to you guys to go out there and run it. It's up to you guys to, you know what, find the right schemes, find the right uh, offense, get the right defense, with obviously guys like Hightower and Chung coming back. Uh, The only other signing I'm worried about still is David Andrews, so hopefully by... Before Wednesday, he does sign. Hopefully, he stays here. I would love to see him in New England. I think of him as a Patriot lifer. But, yeah, I just want to come on here and give some quick thoughts about those guys. And like I said, John U. Smith, he's going to come in here and going to make some noise, which I'd like to see. Uh, Born in Agalore, you know what? It's an upgrade to our room. Is it Kenny Galladay? No, it's not Kenny Galladay. We'll see what happens there. But you know what? It's an upgrade. That's all I could ask for. It's an upgrade. And they've given me hope. They've given me hope. In a sense, I'm not going to be out here screaming, playoffs, 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 we're going to challenge Buffalo. No, I still think Buffalo now is the new class of the AFC East. As for everyone else, we'll see what happens. We have six months, we got to sell the draft, still got a long ways to go, and we'll see what happens from there. But I don't want to take up too much of your time, guys. I don't want this to be too long of a podcast, so I'm going to leave it at that. YWC episode 74 of YWC Football Talk, excuse me, is that's it. So I just want to give my quick thoughts, like I said, on John U Smith, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Matthew Judon, Devon Godchuk, and uh, Jalen Mills. Sorry for butchering your name, Devon. And yeah, that's about going to do it for me, guys. I've got some more exciting content. So the only podcast coming out this week, if you're listening now, is today, Monday, March 15th, and then Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day, where I have like, the live stream. And then we're going to do another, I'm going to do two episodes next week. Uh, guests will be coming out at a later time, but I'll give you hints. We're going to be, it's AFC, AFC based. NFC, we'll get to that when we can. And then before we know it, the draft will be here and the schedule too. So anyway, guys, thank you for checking out episode 74 of YWC Football Talk. Have a good night. And thanks once again to Davis Sanchez for coming on. So yeah, that's it. It's done now.